0: The Man in Line with Andy Wint.
1: Faster, my. Good afternoon. Welcome to Man in Line on Banks Radio. You've well, you heard that news... The newspapers are going to be okay from monday so a little bit of civilization returns Steam packet told ge White's the wholesalers on the island the arrow is going to be docking at about six o'clock as from monday delivers around the island rover to normal schedule All that uh, needs to happen now is that uh, everything needs to be fine at the steam packet, but it's not, of course. Oh, and sad news, did you hear? The Peel Manx Legion Club will be closing in March. It'll be closing on Sunday the 17th of March. That'll be a great last day, but what a shame. We're aware of the disruption and disputes going on at the steam packet due to the ongoing row with the seafarers' union, Nautilus. Uh, but there is confidence that supplies of food, fuel, essential medications to the Isle of Man aren't at risk. I don't know whether you heard this morning on The Breakfast Show, the Treasury Minister, Dr Allinson, was on uh, talking about the fact they'd had talks with the steam packet and the Council of Ministers earlier on this week. Here's what Do- Dr Allinson had to say.
2: What we've done from a government point of view is the Emergency Planning Strategy Group has kicked in. This is a, a group that's set up to deal with these sort of situations. And what they've been looking at is- how we can prioritize some of the freight coming across as you say to look at essential supplies so particularly foods that are going to go off but also essential medical supplies chemotherapies those sort of things that we need to get onto our island but more than that we're certainly working with the steam packing company with the doi who obviously run the harbors to make sure that we can have as resilient a service as possible during this very difficult time for everyone i've got utmost respect for for all those people involved in manning the 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 boats and the vessels at this time Um, and I hope that by decent dialogue, by, by some conciliation and certainly the Manx Industrial Relations Service are involved now we can settle some of these disputes and have better morale but also better um, resilience for the fleet going forward.
3: Nautilus has spoken about uh, the steam packet not being involved in arbitration. The steam packet themselves has said this week that they aren't seeing an end to this dispute. Would you like to see the two sides engage in, in arbitration and when can you see this coming to an end? Yes, yeah, so, I mean one
2: of the um, reasons that, myself and and the chief minister met with the chair of the board and the managing director was to look at other ways of trying to resolve what seems to be a, a little bit of a deadlock at the moment there are there is ongoing dialogue going going ahead but obviously that's sensitive at the moment um, and what we need to do is, is look at how we can use the Manx industrial relations service how we can look at their ability to get in conciliation arbitration to try to find a mutually acceptable solution to this but also look forward to the future of actually developing the service of improving the service we have and giving that resilience and consistency that everyone's asking for
1: all i want to do is put in front of you the fact that this has gone to the um, emergency planning strategy group and the, more, the important word there is emergency is this an emergency the emergency planning strategy group And you heard what the Treasury Minister had to say there. Remember, Treasury is the shareholder for the Isle of Man steam packet on behalf of the people of the Isle of Man. So we talked about this yesterday, and I don't know how much further we're going to get, but I'm more than happy for your opinions to be aired and to give voice what you have to think. But really, we're in the middle of all this, just like we were in the middle of all the other disputes, the nurses' dispute and the teachers' dispute. The ordinary voter, the citizen, the man, woman and child on the Isle of Man are in the middle of this. So who are we expecting to sort this out? Also, uh, said Paul, uh, Pablo uh, just said, uh, the other question that needs to be asking is the TT fans, where are they going to go outside since the mangsman's outside is a third of the Ben McCree. The Ben McCree had a a big space where you could actually wander around. I think they they fence off the bit where you could go onto the top because that was above crew quarters. But there was a big space. But apparently the outside space on the mangsman is a third of the Ben McCree. So what's going to happen to the – and also, bearing in mind that the Liverpool landing stage has a curfew on it at the moment, we don't know whether there are any agreements outside, whether they can vary the curfew, but we can't use that after about 11 o'clock, 11.30 at night. And during TT, there are lots of middle-of-the-night sailings. So what's going to happen? Will all the German bikers and everyone else, the French and the Spanish bikers, be heading up Tahitian for a nighttime sailing on a, on a much bigger Manxman? All the questions, really, that uh, keep on coming up, bubbling up, but really we don't get that much of an answer from the steam packet. And uh, uh, the, the uh, invitation is always open. If the steam packet want to come on, man in line, by all means, Mr. Mr. Ugland, Mr. Thompson, more than welcome. We'd love to uh, get uh, your opinions on Man in Line. But anyway, text, email, call on WhatsApp if there's anything you'd like to talk about. And also, uh, also a-, a message in from Elsie. Uh, to- she said, has Laurie Hooper got nothing else to do? He's supposed to be running the health service on the Isle of Man and social care as well, but still going on about the bishop. The, of course, Laurie Hooper, as well as being a Ramsey MHK alongside Dr. Allenson, is the leader of Liberal Vannin, and is launched a public consultation to find out what you want uh, the bishop to do. What about the bishop having a vote in Timble? The bishop, uh, the position of the bishop, as it were, is in LegCo, and the bishop has a vote. Mr. Hooper... And other MHKs want to withdraw the vote from the bishop, still retaining a presence alongside the attorney general doesn't have a vote, but can comment. The bishop can comment at the moment, can vote, but they want to take the vote away. Mr. Hooper says he and Liberal Vannin believe removing the vote is fundamental to democracy. So in the middle of everything else we've got, we'll also be talking about what's going to happen to the position of the bishop. At the moment, we don't have one. There's an interregnum at the moment, but um, that's still on the horizon. It's on the agenda. Tony's on now. Hi, Tony. Hi, Andy. Happy New Year to you. And to you as well. It's Friday afternoon. It's lovely. Right, I'll just set
4: a little scene for you. I've said this before. I'm wondering why we're talking to the non-exec chairman of the board about an operational matter. A non-exec chairman's role is simply at board level to try and guide the board to make decisions. It is not to represent the company. Full stop. He's way out of his depth as far as what he's doing, and he's, he, he shouldn't be making representations or discussions with anybody in government. His role is only to talk to the board, no one else. So is, he's he, is he, he's he in
1: charge? Is he non-exec or is he an executive chairman?
4: He a non-exec chairman, according to the steam packet. Unless he changes something, he is still a non-exec chairman. And as such, his role is simply to advise the board, not to represent the board. So I question, what on earth are they talking to him for? They should be getting the chief executive down. He's the one who should, should be making the decisions, not the non-exec chairman A non-exec chairman is simply there to try and help the ball to make a decision he's not there to represent it go, go, just go on the web and read up position of non-exec chairman and you'll find out he doesn't have any power per se, or he shouldn't have any power per se to make a decision therefore what's he talking to the government for? what is he trying to tell us? that he's in charge? because he isn't, he shouldn't be
1: so, I mean, it's come to it now where the the members of Comin met the, the, the board of the Steam Packet, and now suddenly we're going to get the conciliation service involved in it. It's obviously taken Comin to get involved to take it that far. Yeah, but
4: the issue is that means that somebody in Treasury has dropped the ball. Their job should have been to ride this all the way along. That's the representative we have as the owners on the board. But we apparently don't bother talking to anybody except Lars Uglund, who simply tells us, oh, no, you should leave us all alone. It's not, it has nothing to do with him. He's got zero input. He should have zero input into that discussion. The discussion should have been that the, the Treasury should have got involved a lot earlier and asked the chief executive to come and visit them and talk to them about why they forced something on the crew that the crew obviously don't want to do. And they, they, they've basically taken our money and put an extra deck on the vessel, which then makes it not very not as seaworthy as a lower deck, as, as less one less deck. And they've taken our money and spent it to accommodate the crew on there, I suspect, to save money. But why are they trying to save money? Why don't they make it as efficient as pop- possible for the people who are on the vessel and the people who are using it? That should be the the... the war cry they should be using.
1: So do you, do, you that, do you think that it's the executives, the, the board of the steam package job, to make it a very efficient, profitable company, or to provide a public service? Because remember, a, part of company law is you have to act in the interests of the company.
4: It should be, should be, to act as a public service. We don't care what anybody else does. It's the public, us, that own it. It's not the steam packet that owns it. It's not a private company anymore. It's a public company. It's publicly owned. If it's owned by the government, it's publicly owned. It's like saying, oh, the DOI is a private company. It's not. So, you know, the the government needs to get ahead where it should be and start thinking about what they're trying to do. They should be provided. the steam packet should be told, provide a service to the Isle of Man taxpayers because that's who your shareholders are. And they're not doing that what they're doing is doing what they think they should do to try and make more money and make it more efficient, and there was no consultation on that whatsoever.
1: Okay, but the, as I say, the position of a director is to, to, to act in the best interest of the company, so if, if they, let's just say, their actions regarding, you know, the fewer crew, uh, bringing in agency staff, uh, crew from here, there and everywhere, if that, let's just say, hypothetically, would save the steam packet a million pounds a year, £20,000 a week, they could save on that and public opinion or maybe Cobin said you can't do that and you will make a million pounds or less less profit per year that director is being prevented from acting in the interests of the company financially
4: Correct So who has told who what? Did the DOI actually tell the steam packet they wanted a bigger vessel? Did the steam packet tell the shareholder, the Treasury, that we're going to put another deck on the top of this monster and we're going to accommodate a crew in it, but we haven't told any, we agreed with them that that's what they're going to do. You know, it's it's absolutely appalling that the Treasury's been asleep at the wheel. All of the government has been asleep at the wheel and we're told everything's hunky-dory, there's no problem, there's no risk to anything, go and have a look in the supermarkets and see what the shelves look like. And when they did the survey, did they ask all the uh, transport companies what they thought of it? I don't think so. Because they would have said, we just want an efficient service. We don't want an a ocean liner. We want an efficient service. And have we got an efficient service? No. So I, I just find the whole thing is a joke. And the government going and speaking with... The non-exec director of the board or non-exec board chairman is just a joke. You don't do that. I mean, if you run a business, you do not go and speak to a non-exec director about what direction you want your company, because you own it, to go in.
1: Well, the steam packet yeah, pack, pack always used to pride itself in resilience in having spare boats and having, having uh, you know things that you could call in now, because one master has got a family issue. Now we're down to one boat a day, because one guy has got an issue at home and can't turn in, because the rest of them are on er, er, every uh, industrial action short of a strike. We're now on one boat a day.
4: And what does the government do? What have they done? Nothing. They've been sitting on their hands. You know, this was all, could all have been resolved two years ago because they ordered the boat two years ago, but they didn't discuss it with anybody. They decided they would steamroll over everybody and do what they wanted. Now, who, who they is, I do not know, but I would like to see all the minutes of the board meetings made public. I would like to see what Treasury actually did or did not say and I'd like to know why DOI is even involved. Get some public, get some FOIs in, see whether they respond. Because our chief minister said, oh, we're thinking about that. Well, they should think a bit hard and get on it.
1: Well, they've cut because everything off of the past with that, uh, Tony, because uh, Steam Packet is non foiable That's part of they. we've put many FOIs in and they are not okay. FOIable. just like Manx Development Corporation. We can ask as much as we want till we're blue in the face, but we won't be told.
4: So why? Why is that happening? Because they don't want you to know what a mess they've made. That's why. And it's a disgrace. What, how can you say that a publicly owned outfit is not... You can't send in an FOI for it. I thought that was the whole point of FOIs, that the public could find out what was going on. So we're we're excluding certain things because... Somebody in government doesn't want us to know what's going on.
1: Well, the inference is... Doesn't that that... sound like Dr Ransom all over again? Well, the inference says there's something to hide. Now, that may not be the case. It may be completely untrue. But the moment you can't FOI something, people will just think, ah, there's something going on.
4: And all the more reason, therefore, to come out and tell us what is going on. You know, if if you tell people what's happening and what's not happening, they tend to have a think about it and, okay, that's not such a bad idea. Can we do this? Can we do that? What you get is the steam packet has decided we're going to do this. This is the model we're using. And nobody has signed up to it. Or at least nobody in, in Nautilus has signed up to it by the looks of it. And their action has been, well, we're going to carry it forward anyway, and we'll fire you all, which is not legal. They can't do that. You can't just change somebody's employment terms and say it's all right. Even the Isle of Man doesn't have those sort of draconian laws. So I just think that somebody needs to stand up and start telling honestly, what's been going on, who said what to whom, and what they are doing about it. Not a patsy, oh yeah, everything's going to be all right. we've now got the ACAT involved or whatever, the arbitration service. It's a day late and a dollar short. You've already got industrial action. Why did you need to get to this stage? Anyway, I I, I just can't believe that uh, the Treasury has let them just do what they want without any import apparently and any concern until it's too late, which fits very well with the model for all the government
1: we've got. OK.
4: Not particularly wonderful, but there you go.
1: All right, Tony. Have a good weekend.
4: Well, you have a good New Year. Let's hope it improves as far as the steam packets is all
1: concerned. All right. Thanks for calling. And I don't
4: believe what he's said about that, that vessel. They're getting used to it. If you've got a vessel and you know, you know what the parameters are, which they should have checked at the sea trials... You would know whether it will go out in certain weathers. You don't have to learn how to use it. The problem is they've got a very, very complex ship, and I don't think there's a whole lot of people on board who know which, which switches do what.
3: All
1: right. Good luck. Thanks, Tony. Happy days. Good to hear from you. All the best. Take care. 25 past 12 on Manx Radio. I'll have to tell you, I mean, I I keep on saying that I would absolutely welcome representatives from the steam packet on Man in line just to speak to our audience, to talk to you, the public, just to see whether it's Mr. Uglund or Mr. Thompson, because I get... An absolute trainload of skeet every day, on the air and off the air. People telling me things about what they think is happening at the Steam Packet. that they know somebody, they travel. And I've got nobody to put it to. I could put it all out into the public domain. There are many, many questions as to... Well, here's one question, really. Um, do the people who are working on the Arrow, do they work for the Steam Packet company or are they agency workers? because the arrow seems to go to and fro and there's no problem. So, who's manning the arrow? There are many other questions, but now it's going to the Manx Industrial Relations Service. They've been brought on board to try and resolve the dispute between the steam packet and Nautilus. Uh, you heard Dr. Allenson, who was on The Breakfast Show today, live on The Breakfast Show. Treasury Minister came in to actually talk about this to see where it is we're going. Well... I'll tell you where we're not going. We're not going on the evening boat to Hesham anymore. For about a fortnight, they said. Earlier on this week, it was going to be a fortnight. So we'll see, shall we? Julian's on now. Hi, Julian.
0: Hi, Andy. Yes, uh, I
1: think Tony B has uh,
0: a lot of very pertinent points there. Um, it is worrying about the... Um And, you know, Manx Development Corporation as well. I mean, it is very strange that, um, what was it, a lot of those uh, manifestos said transparency and accountability.
1: Well, the thing is nowadays, Um, uh, I mean, really, everything is supposed to be transparent. We understand commercial confidentiality. Everybody understands that. We all understand GDPR. We know that's that. But these are public entities. And surely the, the inference, the implication is that there's something that they don't want us to see and, and mm. that's, that's a troubling, troubling conclusion to come to
0: I know, well let's hope there's some um, dialogue and reasonable mutual respect shown between the pair of the, of the uh, parties see if we can get something done um, just before I get on to my main subject I noticed something interesting I, I think it's interesting um, the A585 road upgrade now the A585 goes from Windy Harbour to Schiphol Um, And it is massively improving traffic flow between Fleetwood and the M55 Blackpool motorway. Now, what I've also noticed is the Associated British Ports website is stating that Fleetwood's position and connectivity to transport infrastructure makes it ideally placed to support the growing offshore energy sector in the Irish Sea. So I would say that uh, they've got big plans for Fleetwood now to assist in the installation of the Morgan, Morgan and Mona wind farms.
1: They'll have to so, uh, they'll have to dredge it out. You can almost walk across the harbour at Fleetwood.
0: Well, apparently they've got big plans for that. and I would imagine you know with the right huge dredging equipment, you probably get it up and running within a month. I would imagine, um, but it does beg the question. You know, you've got the Affinity um, Outlet Shopping Mall right next to the port. You've got a Plethora of other, you know, got ASDA and all the rest of it all around there. Makes you wonder um, if the connectivity, I think they've just finished the road, so it's a bit like the Haitian bypass, so it's going to be much easier to access the M55, the M6, etc. Um, makes you wonder whether Fleetwood used to be uh, a favourite here, didn't it? just makes you wonder if it's actually worth looking at that one, because that, of course, is in, inside as well, so you're not so affected by the weather.
1: Yeah, much smaller boats, though. I mean, they'd have to make the harbour an awful lot bigger to get our boat in.
0: Well, that's the thing, but, you know, the if they're putting those huge, you've seen those massive ships with those vertical column things for putting in the uh, wind turbines, makes you wonder exactly what, you know, when there's, when there's the will to do it, it's surprising how they can uh, improve things. Anyway, um, that wasn't why you called. Yeah, I'll, I'll get this one quick. Um, an interesting BBC News article this morning titled, Side and four, Faw spelt F-A-W, Foreside Wind Farm near Langham Rejected Uh, The wind farm on the Scottish borders and also with Dumfries and Galloway was refused because of its significant landscape and visual impact. And interestingly, the other major concern raised was for the from the government concerning wind turbine low frequency vibrations interfering with nearby Estelle Muir seismic array. And if you remember, we talked about that not long ago um, as Paul Evans, the expert from Wardell Armstrong at Russian primary said that wind turbines don't affect Estelle Muir. Uh, I think that assertion is demonstrably wrong from the fact that it was one of the considerations that planning had. And I just think that the Isle of Man planning department needs to take a close look at 4 side wind farm, the rejection of that. And I think it's more than relevant to Erie Stain, especially you know from the, the visual impact, which it will be massively. And also, you've got this infrasound considerations that obviously have, have been um, a component in rejecting that, that um, planning approval.
1: I wonder what uh, what the next stage is.
0: Well, you know, I don't... I mean, you, I haven't met anyone that's for this yet, uh, and I've, I've spoken to a lot of people. I mean, you know, what is the reality of this uh, Isle of Man uh, population all happy about putting Erie stain in? Um, I mean, I did a... Cal- you asked me the other day, actually, um, and it got me thinking about, you know, whether the the, the CO2... Our basic calculation is, if you look at the amount of concrete in the foundations, there's going to be something around 16,000 tonnes. Now the rule of thumb is with concrete production, you need 1.8 times the amount in coal to make it, which gives you 29,000 tonnes of concrete. So if you look at that from a 25 kilo bag of coal point of view, that's 1.16 million bags of coal just tied up inside the foundations. I'm just wondering, you know, that's an awful lot of CO2 that you've got to try and recover from an intermittent, you know, no, nobody knows what the weather's going to be like in the future and you've got turbines that have got a very narrow band of where they can produce energy, I think you will... And that's not even taking into consideration the 500-foot-high concrete towers, all the oils like propane used in the production of the blades the diesel engines that are required to cut the wood down for the balsa cores the whole thing, I don't think you're ever going to recover the CO2 in the production that you that you would, and also the other thing, you're cutting the forest down now, as far as I remember, um, the Green Party is very much into forests, sequestering CO2 back into them, so when you, when you kind of add the, the sums up not looking too good for whatever you're going to gain from it, and also we'll probably have two to three times the electricity charges uh, because of all the subsidies and And also the fact that you've got to ramp up fossil fuels to cope with us in the wintertime when, you know, when you want to put the kettle on.
1: Okay, All right. Thanks, Julian. Thanks, you Cheers. 27 minutes before 1 on Max Radio. Next Tuesday, Lee Morris, the chief exec of the Manx Wildlife Trust, is going to be along on Man in Line with Lucy Chapman, who is a team wilder. The Max Wildlife Trust uh, are the leading nature conservation charity in the Isle of Man, caring for the land, the sea, freshwater environments, protecting wildlife, and helping you and me to feel more connected to nature. Uh, the Isle of Man, the jewel in the centre of the Irish Sea, has some stunning habitats. Beautiful. Wildlife and fantastic scenery. So, next Tuesday, we'll be talking through the whole lot exactly what uh, Manx Wildlife Trust are for, what they do, how they're doing it, how far they are down their journey with Lee Morris and Lucy Chapman of Manx Wildlife Trust. Next Tuesday, it's good to talk, it's how we get things done. So, when you apply for a personal loan from Black Horse, you'll get support from one of our relationship managers who's there to talk you through your application. You could borrow up to £50,000 with up to seven years to pay it back and you could receive your money within 24 hours of approval. Ready to talk? Go to blackhorseoffshore.co.uk to request a call back today.
5: Finance subject to status. Applicants must be 18 or over.
3: Are you concerned about your eye health? Holmes and Davidson Opticians in Douglas are proud to offer the Idon Ultra Wide Field Retinal Imaging and Heidelberg 4D OCT systems. State of the art machines that allow early detection and management of eye diseases. Don't wait. Book your appointment today and ensure the health of your eyes with the best technology available. Call 676 230 or visit homesanddavidsonopticians.co.uk now.
5: There's a new way to Subway with two fantastic menus. Which will you go for? The all-new Subway series with 15 irresistible creations like the Big Bombay Sub, Great Goddess Salad, Emperor Wrap and Big Cheese Steak Sub Melt. Or create your own. You pick the ingredients you want and build your own sub, salad or wrap the way you want it. There's a great mix of healthy and indulgent menu items available from Subway and ShopRite, Peel and Erin.
0: After a winning end to 2023, can FC of Man make a winning start to 2024 this coming weekend? The Ravens host Charnock Richard at the Bowl this Saturday, with the Manx side aiming to start the new year on a good note. Join me, Rob Pritchard and Tony Meppham for FC of Man versus Charnock Richard, taking place this Saturday at 6pm. Manx Radio will be providing full live match commentary on our DAB and AM 1368 channels. Live coverage
1: of FC of Man on Manx Radio is supported by Selton, investing in our community. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Four minutes before one, Andrew's with us. Hi, Andrew. Happy New Year.
5: Happy New Year to you and listeners. Um, please, the bus station site. Um, the uh, on alternative media, there is this report from uh, and commentary from uh, Johnny Farragher, MHK. Yeah. Whereby in July's in July. Tinwell supported her motion for the department of infrastructure to return with plans by the end of the year and the doi have now given a response to the resolution uh that it's not a prior priority but effectively well quote i'll use it we're we're dealing with it
1: it's on the back burner
5: right? yeah effectively and but it was asked for detailed plans. That was the motion in Tinwald. And uh, uh mister Krukall has come back, blah 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 blah. Lots of lots of that, but doesn't actually get to the of what they're actually going to do about it. And uh Uh, Ms Farragher has commented the letter and its contents are wholly unacceptable Tinwald resolved that this work is a priority. It asked for a detailed plan on how these could be re-established. It finally resolved that a report on this plan should be submitted to Tinwald. This letter does not tick any of those boxes. Can I state for the record that both the general public and backbench Tinwald members are becoming increasingly frustrated with government deflecting any attempts to actually move things forward? And so, this situation once again, we've got Tinwald passing motions to, for things to be done, and the civil servants not doing it. I think everybody is becoming now uh, frustrated with what they see is this uh, uh, the civil servants uh, running things, and effectively MHKs and Tynwald have no power.
1: I just wonder. I just, just wonder, Andrew, well, how many of those senior civil servants, or indeed MHKs, ever catch a bus at Lord Street? Um, Because the Lord Street—I mean, it's—it's flattering to call it a bus to call it a a, a bus station. I mean, it's a collection of bus stops in the open air, basically. Exactly.
5: Mister Speaker frequently uses
1: the bus. Oh, um, oh, does he? Yes, right. Okay.
5: So there's one, Uh, uh, but it's the aspect of them just ignoring what a Tinwald resolution is. A tenor resolution asked for detailed things and we get a blah, blah, we're, we're dealing with it. That's not uh, what's requested. And surely there should be some mechanism whereby whoever's uh, provided this response uh, wording to the minister is uh, brought before Tinwald court and could be subject to contempt of Tinwald. These people need to be held account as to why they're not doing what Tinwald is asking
1: them to do. And the members of the public, the voters, the constituents, the civilians of the Isle of Man will now draw their own conclusions, Andrew.
5: Correct. Correct. And so... Somehow or other, please, can somebody get, if that's the right way to do it, put some motion down that uh, whoever the civil servant is who provided the information to the minister is brought before Tinwald Court and asked the questions and held in contempt for not doing the will of Tinwald.
1: I mean, do you Uh, think it would be... Would it be acceptable if, I mean, if... (laughs) If somebody actually stood up in Timbald and said, look, we know, there was a, there, we know there was a motion, we know there was a resolution, actually we think it's a bad idea and we're not going to do it, rather than just have some weasel words and saying, well, we are going to do it, but not yet, we're not going to tell you.
5: Well, some, some answer better than uh, we're, we're dealing with it, which is, you know, they were, asked, they were given a deadline. To come back, and they haven't come back to say, "I'm sorry, it's not going to be possible." Uh, So it's just fudging it. They're just ignoring the will of Tinwald to do something by a deadline. Okay. So in my mind, that's contempt. So oh. somebody has to be held accountable.
1: Appreciate that, thanks Andrew. George, Andy. Have thanks a good one. You yeah. have a good weekend. Thanks for that. Nineteen minutes before one, uh, Arrow staff. This is the the Arrow, the backup freight vessel. Uh, Arrow staff aren't employed directly by the Steam Packet. Brian Thompson confirmed that in a video interview. And uh, thanks also to the many people uh, talking about the uh, the trams and what have you. I was very concerned to hear last week that government were trying to meddle with the results of the report on the electric tram to Ramsey which I recollect was not in favour of closing the line to Ramsey. Government said, look again, what sort of short-sightedness is this? And thanks also to, uh, this is Brian. It is Brian who just said, I noticed on social media last night Chris Thomas was having a go at Sarah Maltby. He was, it's because the Manx Labour Party uh, posted that they were appalled to see the action taken by the steam packet in regards to updating the contracts of the workers. Steam Packet seems to be pursuing a coercive tactic of fire and rehire in place of negotiation, say the Manx Labour Party. Forcing the hands of employees in this way is clearly wrong and in irresponsible use of power. The Manx Labour Party stands in solidarity with workers and urges both the Steam Packet and the government to reconsider the economic and social risks by uh, being taken uh, for this. Chris Thomas pointed out that uh, Sarah Maltby is um, a Manx Labour MHK. She's also the Treasury member. Treasury is the shareholder of the steam packet. We watch, we wait, and we'll see what happens. Thanks also to uh, Simon, who just uh, dropped a note, in, uh, just to say, regarding uh, CO2 and concrete, all modern concrete can be recycled at the end of use and the CO2 is offset by the length of time the said installation is in use. So uh, that's apparently all modern concrete. All that concrete, that depends whether the, the wind turbines built, how long it lasts and what if we need that much concrete at the end. But point taken, Simon. Thanks for that. I agree with Elsie, says John. There are more important issues than discussing the vote of the bishop, which has been discussed previously. Just coming back and back again. I think politics and religion should be kept completely separate, says 471. The fact that someone who believes in a sky fairy, that's Mr Anti-Religion on 471, his words, um, to have a say in government in this day and age is ridiculous. We don't live in the 13th century anymore, and we're not going to suffer an eternity in hellfire because somebody in a pointy hat said so. I think we know which side of the fence you are, Mr Anti-Religion, 471. So do you think that it is this Tinwell's job to do that, to take away the vote of the position of the bishop, let alone who it is? Let's just talk about the position of the bishop. Been there for a long, long time. It's a tradition. So do you think we should get rid of that tradition and it may have consequences? Who knows? The Diocese of Sodor and Man may completely disappear. You may be anti-religion. There are other people who are quite pro-religion. So do you think it's in this... Tinwald's gift to do that, given that nobody, nobody mentioned it in their manifesto. Laurie Hooper is questioning the decision and wants this consultation. Laurie Hooper's leader, Liberal Vannin, has launched this public consultation to find out what you think about the bishop having a vote in Timwald. Mr. Hooper says he and Liberal Vannin believe that removing the vote's fundamental to democracy since the bishop isn't elected by the public. So why doesn't he tackle Ledgeco, the position of Ledgeco, all the members of LegCo, because they're not elected by the public either.
3: I'd agree. Actually, my view is quite clear. I prefer members of LegCo to be publicly elected as well. I think that's the natural evolution, really, of of a democratic parliament. The reason that this bill has been so narrowly drawn to focus on the bishop is because that's what the House of Keys voted on in Timor. so it really is a continuation of that vote. I didn't want to start unpicking a much bigger, much more complicated issue. Uh, Members of LegCo are indirectly elected by the Keys, so at least there is a, a form of democratic accountability. It's not as direct as I would like, and like I said in the debate when someone raised this exact question, if the House wants me to tackle Legislative Council members next. I'm happy to pick that one up. I think if I'd started down the route of much more fundamental constitutional reform, like reforming the entirety of Legislative Council, I would have found that very difficult to do whilst being Minister for Health, because there's not enough time in the day. Quite rightly, I don't think this is number one on people's agenda. It's one of a number of things, but it surely isn't the most important one. The reason I'm doing this, and it's been so narrowly drawn, is so as not to detract from all the other stuff that's going on. I think if I had come out of the gatepost and said, let's reform the whole of Timwald, that would have been insane for, for me to do as a private a member, that would have been far too much. And I don't think that would have been realistic. I couldn't have defended that to people going out saying, I'm going to do something so big whilst also trying to hold a big uh, portfolio. The nature of our political system means you never get radical reform. We don't have a party structure on the island. You have 33 independents, supposedly. Every decision is a compromise, which means everything you do is incremental, small, slow change. And sometimes that's great. So when you're talking about a stable political environment, great, big tick in that box. But then when you do think actually big change is needed, it's very hard to drive that through. And so inevitably, what you end up with is small incremental change. And this process of constitutional reform has been going on for 150 years. It's not going to be resolved overnight. It's going to still be going on for the next 150 years. This is just another small step in what is a very big journey.
1: The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio from midday till one, Monday to Friday. Any thoughts on this? Text, email, call and WhatsApp. Well, the good news is the papers are back to normal from Monday as the is going to be docking at 6am, so the newspapers and magazines will be in the requisite place. And the Southern swimming pool's open with some nice lights. Loganair's big
2: summer sale is here. Save up to 15% off on over 1 million seats across the UK. Book by 9th January, travel from 1st February. Subject to availability, exclusions apply. Visit loganair.co.uk. Loganair, your journey, our joy.
0: Hi, Connor Cummins here. As a professional road racer, I find taking on the twists and turns of the TT a big challenge, but sometimes life can be a tough challenge too. As patron of the charity, I'll Stand Up to Suicide, I'd like to encourage you to attend one of our QPR suicide prevention courses. These are designed to help us all to spot signs of suicidal thinking and then equip us to know what to do next. I'm doing it. Why not join me? Find out more today at I'llStandUpToSuicide.com Together, we can make a difference at I'llStandUpToSuicide.com
6: In our quest to remove all single-use plastic from our milk packaging, Isle of Man Creamery cartons, including the new 1.75 litre carton, are now 100% recyclable, made from sustainable and renewable sources. We're the first in the British Isles to offer these new large cartons, and you can pick them up now in local retailers or add them to your Isle of Man Creamery doorstep delivery. Plant-based cartons from Isle of Man Creamery. Better for the environment, better for you.
0: New year, new tech. It's January sales time at Manx Telecom and you don't want to miss out on our fantastic deals. Stick those new year resolutions for the Apple Watch Ultra and make a whopping saving of 200 pounds when you pick one up in store.
6: Be quick, when stock is gone, it's gone. To see the full range of sale products, visit mt.im/sale. Terms and conditions apply. The Financial Services Authority is a body whose influence we only tend to come across when we're trying to open a bank account and having to prove in triplicate who we are. The FSA though has a significant an influence on the financial services sector, which generates over a third of our economic output, so we probably do need to know a bit more about them. The FSA talks in its recent report of a need for change, so what's driving that change, and how will the FSA shape the future of the Manx finance industry? Find out on Perspective this Sunday at 12 noon on Manx Radio with me, Phil Gorn. Money makes the world go round, but only if we can prove who it is and where it lives. The Man in Line with Andy Wint. Pastor Mike,
1: look, it's uh, ten to one now. David's with Now. Hi David.
6: Hi Andy. Just, uh, we haven't mopped up certain things from 2023, so I was going to put a few more out there. Is remember Mr. Robinson and the camper vans? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. From, the, from the DOI. Well, it, it needs to be addressed. I, I don't know. We're having to go to the, the DOI all the time uh, on it. But at the end of the day, we need to bring these things forward and say, yes, we're going to do something. B, we're not going to do something, or C, we'll just let it uh, fester. So
1: where was oh, it left God. then? Uh, they, they sent out a consultation or a, a paper, didn't they, to the local authorities, asking what the local yeah, authorities yeah. thought about the yeah. length of various camper vans and what have you.
6: Yeah. Or, or uh, the other thing too was larger vehicles. They weren't just all camper vans, right? They could they could be large, uh, bigger, bigger, you know, bigger than the transit and stuff like that. But the issue is. We've had that, or he's had that consultation, In I don't, I've never seen anything come back, and I'm speaking of myself as one local authority member here. I've never seen anything coming back from the DOI to say to us, we're going to press progress something, or oh, we're not going to progress something, or we're going to just throw it in the air and let everybody do what they want to do around the Isle of Man and just annoy everybody. And the final thing was to do with planning. What's happening with planning, with some of these uh, uh, inspectors' reports, Done by the Cabinet Office. So, where are they? Why are they um, Are they on the shelf and gathering dust? And somebody hasn't dusted them off and said, oh, well, we forgot to put this out? Or does somebody have to ask more questions?
1: Well, uh, there may be announcements coming shortly. Uh, that's what I'm hearing on the grapevine, but um, we'll wait yeah, and see.
6: Yeah. But uh, when you have an inspector over, it costs, uh, I don't know how much it would have cost anyway. Thousands. But it's cost of tax- Thousands. Yeah, cost the taxpayer money. And they've done a report. And you would think the reputation of the the lady that was there would be on business report going out to the general public. And just quickly, I listen to the uh, thing on television all the time, that thing about the post office thing. What an appalling situation happened in the UK. At least we've got some sort of government, haven't we?
1: Well, that's it. And uh, as you say, I mean, that's that's absolutely shocking. And uh, uh, all credit to the it, investigative journalists behind that and the, and the people behind that. Yeah. OK. All it right. would
6: make people cry.
1: Bye. Good, good to hear from you. Thanks for that. And a, a note in talking about planning. Uh, this was from uh, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. You just said uh, you mentioned a while ago that uh, there was stuff happening at that big iron girder structure in Duke Street in Douglas. Well, it stopped... Apparently, there there was work starting, you know, where the old uh, KFC used to be backing onto Fort Street. That was going to be started again, and there's nothing happening there. And Sammy just said, is that so that a little bit of work can be done every now and again to keep the planning still in place? Well, I think there's more than planning, of course, but nobody can force them to actually finish it. However, I do see that they've started clearing the site uh, by the old uh, Villiers Hotel. So maybe that work's going to be starting soon. A mention in from 068 who says, what are the TT visitors going to do when they get here? If they cut the MER to uh, to Laxey, cut the steam railway to Castletown, hardly any horse trams, no Peggy. The list goes. I don't think they use the Peggy, but you know what I mean. We want more visitors. Don't destroy our visitor attractions. This brings me on to Chris who said, um, I read with interest the uh, uh, on Max Radio about the Laxey to MER consultation and getting rid of it. It seems the present government is not a progressive one looking to the future of the Isle of Man, but its history repeating itself. Back in the 1960s, the then government took it upon themselves to close the railways, Douglas to Peel and Peel to Ramsey. And now, instead of coming up with ideas how best to utilise the MER, they're considering reducing the service, or closing. I think that's very, very narrow-minded, says Chris. Thanks for that. We'll talk about the railways more. And remember, on Tuesday, uh, Lee Morris is on from the Manx Wildlife Trust. Um, And thanks also to... This is... Uh, My concern with the steam packet is, they Phil this is, on 952, they'll bring in more foreign labour, and it may mean that Manx money may be going off the island and not spent here, which surely is detrimental in the long run, says Phil, it's the whole uh, circular economy argument. Just wondering why the steam packet doesn't use the Ben McCree for night sailings, as apparently there is a crew on board. Is this skeet, Roy? Can you tell me? Uh, Is there a crew on board? It's just sitting there, and at least they could take a few passengers as well as some freight. Well, we don't know, and even if we asked, we couldn't get an answer. And Manx Radio should check the extent of FOI legislation and submit an FOI to Treasury for the information that it holds about the steam packet company, says G. I'll pass that on. Thanks also to, and here was a good one from. Michael, Mikey, hi, Mikey. Who just said, "Is it true that MiQuando have gone?" Well, uh, Visit Isle of Man's announced that there's a new operator for Isle of Man homestay. Was MiQuando, but now it's Homestay Isle of Man. Acting on behalf of Visit Isle of Man, Homestay Isle of Man is a sister company of Island Escapes, and it's going to manage all aspects of the homestay scheme, including registrations, property inspections, fire safety requirements, and they've got plans to introduce an online booking facility for Homestay. So it's now going to be Homestay Isle of Man, uh, a sister company of Island Escapes, and I think it's uh, John Kagan and Jamie Stott, are directors of Homestay Isle of Man Limited. So current Homestay hosts with valid registrations will be automatically transferred over to the new Homestay Isle of Man Limited, and will need to renew with the new renew with the new operators on the renewed date specified on their registration. now Registrations for Homestay open on Monday. For more information, you can either contact Homestay Isle of Man at homestay.im or give them a call on 820-620. If you're an existing Homestay host, you want to register or become a new host, that's 820 620 for homestay. So, the good news is the papers are going to be okay from Monday. You can swim in the Southern Pool. And you can gaze on the Ben McCree. Thanks to Chris Clerk on the phone today. Have a terrific weekend.
6: W.I.